Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. All right. You guys hear me? Oh, there we go. Rock and roll. My, my wife has got me on the Nalgene. How many of you guys are using the Nalgene bottle? Anybody? I like, I, like, I, like, I like a plastic water bottle, just a normal plastic water bottle like Kirkland. Not that there's any Costco sponsorship or anything here, but uh, she got me on the Nalgene, and, and I'm actually like, I actually drink more water. Isn't that wild? I know you guys are like, this is what we're talking about? Thank you, Quinn. Uh, Good. Well, I'm excited to be with you guys uh, uh, t- today, uh, Sharon. Um, yeah, just a, a little bit more around um, tying together some of these, you know, uh, words around alignment. So what Bill's word was, um, James Gall word for us, Paul Manwaring's word for us. Um, you know, before I get started, I did have a couple of prophetic words. Um, Remind me your name. I know I met you earlier. Nick. 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 Um, so I was just in worship, and, um, and I, I heard the Lord say he has an encounter for you. He has an encounter for you where he's going to meet you with fire. And then I saw you standing, and you're holding a fire flame in your hand. And I saw a childlike, um, uh, just childlike awe and wonder like on your face, and you were so excited in awe and wonder as like a child, and I saw you walking through a city, and people were attracted to the flame because of the awe and wonder that was coming out of your, out of your uh, expression. And so, yeah, I don't know, you can take that and chew on it and see what the Lord says, but that's what I saw. <clears throat> um, Michael? Matthew. Is it Michael? Matthew. Matthew. Sorry, I got you. Um, hey, I got a word for you. Um, I, I actually saw the Lord giving you, um, I saw, you, you know, he speaks to us and how we talk. I saw him speaking to you in code. I saw him show you code. And in the code was a solution. I saw you as a uh, gift of entrepreneurship coming over you. And I saw you as these, seeing these code solutions that were actually going to be uh, um, businesses. And he's going to bring and network people with you. He's going to bring the people around you to make it happen. I don't know that you'll ever change your job, but uh, as something on the side, you're going to uh, release these things that are, that'll be another, like an entrepreneurship type of thing. But you're going to release these things that the, the world actually needs. It's ideas and solutions, and I saw him speaking to you in code, that are going to be uh, things that the world actually needs, and you're going to see it. I saw, uh, like saw you waking up in the morning or at random times of the day or whatnot, and you have an image in your head of what that is. So we'll just bless you with that. Yeah? Cool. <clears throat> so I think one of the uh, uh, thing I wanted to kind of highlight you know, we've been mining this word since probably January, February, somewhere in there. Is that when Paul was here, February? Uh, mining, kind of like digging in and mining this word about the, uh, you know, he brought in the word that, hey, there's, there's foundations in other rooms that you've been in, right? We've been in a lot of different rooms from ABC to Sandy Creek to uh, Living Proof to this tent, that tent, the other tent, and no tent, right? <clears throat> we, we, we've been in a sometimes no room. So... Uh, we've been, and now we're in this room. And so the, the word Paul had was like, hey, um, there's my wife. Hi. 
there you are. That's my wife over there. There she is. She, <clears throat> she hides out in the back. <clears throat> Give it up. Y'all don't know, but she pastors everyone in the back of the, of the church. She's like, <laughs> so, so he brought this word about, you know, uh, there's things in these foundations in these other rooms, things in the foundation of these other rooms that are in this room. And, and uh, I feel like it's super significant because, you know, this is why we're on this like series, if you will, of revisiting these foundations because there's things that are in that room that are in this room that we need to stand on. And then he said, that gave us the chapter out of uh, um, Zechariah that said, um, the, hands in the, the plumb line is in the hands of Zerubbabel and the season of building upward is among you. And so if, if it's time to build upwards, we got to remember what's in the foundation. So I think this is why we've been spending some time redigging this and digging around and mining it and trying to glean all that we can. Because um, I want to say this, the season of building upward is coming quickly. It's upon us, like going to be on the heels of us visiting these foundations thing. And it's going to happen quick. Like if you've been any part of the building process, the foundation, all the earthwork, all the stuff that's, you know, that's not pretty. We don't see it. And it takes a long time to do it. But once it's done and they start putting up the framing, it goes very fast, yeah. right? Until you need to move in and then it goes slow again for some reason, right? <laughs> but like, so like, it's like, it's the, the season of building upward is upon us. And I want, I want to like charge us that as we're listening and hearing this, you know, kind of the revisiting of the history of Bethel Atlanta, that I want to charge us that we're not passive listeners, I don't, I don't want us to be passive listeners listening to someone tell us about a history lesson. I want, to be, I want to charge us that we would be participating in the history of Bethel Atlanta by becoming the words, the things that are in the foundations that we stand on. I'll say it over here too. <clears throat> Like, we don't want to just, just listen passively. We actually, there's, there's, some, there's things we can do to partner when we hear the words of the Lord. And that was one of the things I shared last time hearing even Bill said, right, in our prophetic word that we had had. Um, he said, hey, this is for you, Bethel Atlanta. Get the heart of the Father and put it into a decree. And so there's things that we can do to actively participate in becoming these foundations. Like, I don't, I, 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 because when we start building upwards, we, not, we don't want to lose them. We don't want to forget who we are in the foundation with the frill and excitement of the beauty of, you know, the newest quartz countertops or whatever. Builders, you know, you know, you know. So I kind of want to charge us with that, 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 and then I want to give us some tools today to do so. Is that helpful? So, like I said, we've been revisiting um, these foundations. I just shared with you a little bit about that Paul word. Um, let me see if I can find this. Uh, this was the James Gall word um, that uh, I shared a couple, I can't remember, like a few weeks ago, a month ago, maybe last time I was here. Um, the James Gall word was this. So James Gall's a seer, prophetic seer, kind of, you know, a giant in our faith. Um, and uh, he said this, so Jesus showed me the arrival on earth of a special company of angels that he called the angels of speed and mobility. Jesus said to me, many of my people are seriously delayed in relation to the calendar of events for their destiny. These angels have come to confront the principality of delay. 
The Holy Spirit showed me that this principality of delay is a strong man spirit that manipulates human events to make delay look normal instead of a spiritual hindrance. These angels of speed and mobility have a measuring line to measure and audit our current level of alignment of, to the kingdom of God in order to shift us into total alignment with the will of God for our lives. So that, that was that word. And then after that word, uh, Bill Johnson came on to the call that Lauren was on and said, hey, that, this, that word's for you, Bethel Atlanta. And that's where he started talking a little bit around Psalms 103, where it says the angels are waiting to hear the, vo- the word of the Lord and, are, and then rush to make it happen. And he says, I'm not into like telling the angels what to do, but there is a principle that we've got to get the heart of the father and put it on our lips so that his will of God comes to pass. I mean, his will comes to pass. Does that make sense? So I'm just kind of like doing a little quick recap. Um, I think those were... Um, a couple things, I think some of the things that Lauren's been championing since probably January is like, hey, let's remember what got us here. Let's get back to our roots and remember what got us to where we are. And that could be personal, it could be corporate, all, the, all of the above, right? And so um, the James Gall word, uh, Bill's word, yeah. So, that's, so I just kind of want to like re- recap that a little bit to remind us like this is, this is we're trying to glean and mine this so that we can really surely secure the things in our foundation because we're gonna soon be building upward. And I feel like it's gonna be a lot of active activation, partnering assignments that we're gonna, as a body and as individuals, we're gonna start grabbing hold of and running after. And when we start running with God, it's really easy to get so far ahead of him we forgot where he was at. So we, we don't want to forget what's in the foundation and what got us here. So partner, we're going to partner with this in this season. Amen? Um, I want to talk a little bit about the principle of decree. So you can turn to generate, uh, we're going to be in, I'll be in a few different places, but mainly in um, Genesis. And then you can turn to James as well. I hear like the one lone Bible page turning out there. Everyone's got their phones now. Uh, so Genesis, I, I, the, the, the principle of decree, the principle of what comes out of our mouth is imperative to our walk. It's imperative to our identity, our purpose. It's imperative to um, who, uh, uh, us being like our father. It's, in, it's a tool that's, that is, I think, vastly under underestimated and probably, probably likely even unaware in some cases. But the power of what, go, you know, we've said the saying, you've probably heard it, words create worlds. You guys heard, heard that saying before? Matthew's heard it, yes, we got him. <laughs> right, words create worlds. So what, 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 where that comes from is this. In Genesis 1-3, then God said, let there be light and there was light. One six, God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate from the waters from the waters. And it was so, jump to seven. Nine, the God said, let the waters below the heavens and, and be gathered into the place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. 10, God called the dry land earth and gathering the waters and called the seas and God saw that it was good. He said and he saw 
not on a seesaw, but kind of, you know, saw, said saw. He said and he saw, 11, God said, let the earth sprout vegetation and plants yielding seed and fruit and trees and earth bearing fruits and all of everything after their own kind. 14, God said, let there be light in the expanse of the heavens and separate the day from the night. 15, and let them be for light in the expanse of the heavens and give light to the earth. 20, God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures and birds fly. 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle every creeping thing. 26, God said, let us make man in our image. So this is where we get the, the saying, words create worlds because our world was created by the words. His voice, he said, let there be light and there was. Now, that's all fine and dandy. That's amazing. God's God. But then in 26, he said, let, he said, let's make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish and over the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So this is what's intriguing is that God's God. He's saying things and things are coming to pass. And then he makes us like him. You connecting the dots? So if we're like him, then what we say creates things. See, I, I, this is what I mean I, by like, I think it's underestimated. I think it's likely unaware the power of what happens and out of our out of our voice and from our words, um, we can get to James three. I shared this last time. I'll share a little bit more of it. Three six. Um, both are great things. Uh, let's start with three three three. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are great and are strong, uh, driven by strong winds, they are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also is the tongue. It's a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how a great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles our entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Mm, wow. Some scriptures, right? Steve was talking about these earlier. Like, ooh, some scriptures are sharp. But no one can tame the tongue if it, it is a restless evil and full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord, Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come the both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Or can a fig tree produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt produce fresh water. Now, I'm sure you guys are familiar with this. I mean, I remember reading this scripture in youth group and the only thing I heard is that I can't stop cussing. <clears throat> right, that was like, that's my, that was my whole frame of reference. It's like, well, that's it. There's nothing I can do. I, I, I just keep trying to tame my tongue from cussing and I can't stop cussing. It's like, well, this is, you know, James said this is how it would be. And so, 
That's like my whole frame context for, for life at that point. But, but, then, but then we start like reading like these other, these other truths about world, words create worlds. That we in the likeness of our father, because he's the creator and through words creates, that we too can create. And now we're hearing James talk about just how powerful this tool is. Like it's so powerful that just like a rudder that steers a whole ship, the tongue will steer your life. So what is on our lips is very important because it will direct your life. And so we're hearing how powerful it is. Uh, 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 I like that um, it sets on fire the course of our life. What, what I don't know sometimes is if we've made the correlation that not only, do, which he clearly defines here, not only do, can we co-create with the Father for, to create good, but we can also co-create with an enemy right. to create hell, right. which is exactly what he was describing there. Yep. How many of you know the, 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 the enemy is not a creator? Right. He's not creative. Right. He can't create. He's not like our father who is the creator. Who is like our father? We are. We are just like him. We are creators in that we can create our own worlds. Now, if the enemy can't create, but we see destruction on the earth, you ready for heavy? (laughs) How is it happening? Because we believe a lie and we come into agreement with that lie and we declare it out with our mouth and where our mouths speak, our bodies and minds and, uh, and emotions follow, yeah. then we become the co-creators to establish destruction. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but he does it through man. There's principalities and all that. I get that too, right? We're, we're not, I'm not giving you a comprehensive message. We're talking about this piece of it, right? So it's really important. We, we, we kind of like realize who we are and what kind of power we carry and what we walk around with and how loosely we may be with our language. Not cussing so much, which sure, that's a thing, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about loosely with what we're coming into agreement with and who it is that we're agreeing with. Yeah? So, so James, James uh, hits on that. And then we, I think I shared um, just briefly a second ago, Psalms 103, the angels are waiting to hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, and, then, and then from that, they, go as, they take that as an assignment to go and carry that word out. Um, Ma- Matthew, let's go to Matthew. Uh, you don't have to go necessarily. I'm just going to read a quick verse out of it. Matthew 21. This is how powerful this is. Matthew 21, 18. Now in the morning when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. This is Jesus. Uh, seeing a lone fig tree by the road. He came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, no longer shall there ever be any fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withered. Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, how did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said, truly I say to you, if you have the faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what's been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into this, excuse me, the sea, it will happen. All these things you ask in prayer, believing you receive. So, so here, could you, I couldn't even imagine. Like you're standing there walking with someone and they say, 
cursed this fig tree, which in another uh, section, I think it's Mark, it says that it wasn't even in the season of figs. It wasn't even in the season to produce any fruit, but it didn't have any fruit and he cursed it because of it. And then, not, and then when he curses it and he says, no fruit forever shall come from you, it immediately withers and die. I'd say words are a little bit powerful. We probably have all seen all the like different TV show documentary things of people talking to plants, right? And the different studies are talking to plants negatively and positively and the power and it, it does, it does, your words do things. This kids, right? We all parents in the room raising kids, what you say to your kids matter. So this principle, Matthew 18, uh, 18. Oh, yeah, this is a really good one. Truly, I was like, I don't remember what it is, but I know it's going to be good when I get to it. <laughs> Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. So start, we're starting to come into another little bit of a principle here, but the declaration, uh, whatever you bind in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever you bind loose in heaven is loosed on earth. Like whatever you're saying can happen, can happen. Then he gets in and talks about this thing about agreement, which is pretty intriguing. So here's the, here's the, here's the principles of decree. It does a few things. It creates. Y'all taking notes? Taking notes. It creates. So the principle of decree is it creates, right? Words create worlds. What comes out of your mouth causes things to happen. It's very prophetic in nature in that uh, we call out those things that aren't as though they are. And the result, this is actually what prophecy is, is it causes it to come to pass, right? So that's what prophecy does. So it's prophetic in nature that what we put on our lips, what we say out loud is creating an atmosphere for something to happen and for that to come to pass. So, our, uh, so the decree, the things coming out of our mouth is that they, it creates. The, the second thing is it carries out the will of God. And that's where we hear with the angels in Psalms 103, the angels are, are, are hearing the word of, the, uh, of heaven, the word of God, and are responding to carry out that will. And it's not like, we, you know, I think I shared this last time. It's not like I just get great ideas and like angels go to work and take care of that and go do this and go do that. And it's like, no, it's not that. It's, it's hearing the heart of the father. And I almost think it's a little bit more passive than active in that I'm not dispatching angels, but when I declare the word of God that I hear him say, they hear it and do the work. Does that make sense? My job is to hear the Lord and then just put it on my lips and declare it. So, so the, the power of decree, this principle of decree is it creates, um, a- angels respond to it to carry out the will of God. Uh, there's another piece that's really important and that's the power of agreement. Yeah. That what we bind in heaven is loosed on earth and bound in he- earth and what we loose in heaven is loosed on earth. Where two or three are gathered and agree, it comes to pass. What you agree with is likely going to be what comes out of your mouth. So I'm all for everyone having opinions. I'm very opinionated. I think a lot of things. <laughs> like, I, it's, 
We can all have opinions, and it's not a big deal. We can still love each other, and, and we're not connected by our opinions, hopefully, right? That's, we're going to declare that, right? You know, not connected by your by opinion of you or others or, or what your opinion is about. I'm actually connected by my relationship and love for you, right? Let's put that on our lips. So, so the opinion thing. But where it does matter is if your opinion is, in a, is coming into agreement with the enemy, then you are co-laboring to create the destruction the enemy wants to see come to pass. So we're going to have all different opinions because we're all different facets of the glory of God. And so we're going to have different perspectives and different vantage points of the kingdom of heaven. Like that's just nature, nature in our supernatural identity as children of God, right? Like, so that's going to happen. But, so, but it's important that we're, 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 we're our minds and our beliefs and everything is being shaped by the Father and by heaven because what we come into agreement with and say out loud and agree with on earth is going to come to pass. You guys catching, catching this or is it feeling a little like too? We're getting a little, a little shaky. <laughs> So what we believe does matter. Well, you can believe anything. Well, you, you can. It doesn't affect my love for you. It doesn't affect God's love for you. But when it comes to your assignment to carry out heaven, you know, your workmanship created in Christ Jesus, called to walk out the things that he's planned beforehand for you to do. When it comes to your assignment to do those things, it very much matters what you believe. Because we want to agree with the heart of the Father so that his will gets carried out on the earth. We walk in the things that he's called us to walk in. So what I believe does matter in those cases. So agreement is a, is a, a, a key thing. We can agree with heaven or we can agree with hell. So it really does matter that we are aware. It's like, we're, it's like we've been equipped with like, you know, like David with Saul's armor. He's like, well, I don't even know how to move in this stuff, right? It's like we've been equipped with like weapons that like this can blow stuff up. This is, this is what it's like having a tongue. You've been equipped with a weapon that can blow some stuff up. You can either blow up hell or blow up heaven, but we're going to blow some stuff up because it's the nature of what's been given to us. And I heard a great quote, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> right? Is that? That's from, that's from the Bible. Is that? But, <laughs> I think it's Uncle Ben. Was it Uncle Ben? I think it's Uncle Ben. <clears throat> ben, Bill, uh, you know, I don't know. So, right? That, this, this is a little bit more of like the gra catching the gravity of what we're walking, the power of the weapon of what we're walking around with, 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 with our tongue and what we can put on our mouth and put on our lips. Um, so it creates, um, it carries out the will of God. It, it agrees, the power of decree. It agrees, it brings agreement, and it leads. So the decree leads us. It will lead us spiritually, mentally, and physically. So the power of decree will lead us um, spiritually in that it's prophetic in nature and it's releasing what's happening in the heavens, right? So it's gonna lead us in where we're going and where we're going in life, because it's agreeing with what's happening in the heavens and putting it on our lips and we're like a rudder, we're going that direction, amen? It leads us mentally because what you say is likely what you believe. Yeah. 
Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Sometimes, you believe it or not, sometimes you'll say things you don't think you believe. I remember having a conversation with the Lord one time where he, he was like convicting me on a lie or something and I was like, oh, I know what it was. I was catching this principle that and James also talks about that what you believe shows up in your actions, right? Show me your faith without your work, I'll show you my faith by my works. That it's, it's what you believe actually shows up in your works. And I remember having a conversation with the Lord, he was confronting me of like, hey, there's a behavior that you have that's like reflective of a belief system that you don't trust me. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe I don't trust you. I believe I trust you. And he goes, yeah, but your actions show otherwise, which tells me you don't actually believe it. I was like, wow, I think things I don't believe. And I believe things I don't think. Oh, this something. So the power of decree will lead us mentally because it reminds renewing of the mind. It reminds us of who we are, him of who he is, what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the truth is. So it's important we utilize a tool to begin to set our course of our life and say, God is good. Well, I don't fully believe it because I have all these experiences that show me otherwise. Yeah, but it's still the truth and we're gonna set the course of our life by putting it a declarative word on our, on, in front of us. And I'll keep saying it until I believe it. And then I start seeing it. Oh, that's how that happens. We don't see it and then believe it. No, no, we first believe and then we understand. But, but it starts with this, I need to like direct the course of my life. So this, uh, uh, the power of decree uh, leads us mentally in our belief systems and, and what we believe because we've all had experiences in our life that are contrary to the truths we read in the Bible. But until we repent, change the way we think, until we repent, we won't start experiencing the truths that we read, capital T, instead of experiencing our pre-existing experience and repeating it. Come to school ministry whenever we have schools and stuff like that, because we'll get into more of this in detail. <laughs> so I'm putting a word on my mouth that is leading me, so that it's telling myself, this is what you will believe, because this is the word of God. So it leads us spiritually, mentally, it leads us physically because as I just mentioned, what you believe shows up in your actions, right? You believe, you behave, and then you become. Like it, that, that you will start behaving according to what you believe because that's the principle of belief. So if I start leading myself in declaration, I'm a believer, I'm a worshiper, I'm free, I'm a son, I'm a, a father, I'm a leader, like whatever it is, I start like literally washing myself with the word of God, my brain, repenting to think like he thinks. Then I start behaving like he behaves. And my actions start to show this truth now that I've been declaring. So it leads us uh, uh, spiritually, it leads us mentally, and it leads us physically because it shows up in our actions and we start behaving different. So much there. We're going to leave that though. So why am I sharing about all this? I'm, I'm sharing all this because there's some things that we've been mining and digging up in our foundation, these uh, uh, truths of who we are that I wanna charge us 
to start putting these things into some decrees and putting them on your lips. Because we, wanna, we don't want to just hear that we're a people of risk. We want to become a people of risk. We don't want to just hear that we're worshipers from the first note. I want to become the worshiper from the first note. And it's going to start when you start directing your life accordingly by putting it on your lips and say, I'm a worshiper from the first note. I carry worship with me throughout the week. I carry the presence of God and the presence of God is on me, in me, around me, through me. And I entertain him any moment of the day. Like we get, these are the things, all those things we're putting on our lips and saying out loud. So here's some things that we've been redigging in our foundation that have been coming up. We're a people of risk. We're a people of encounter. We're a people of family. We're a supernatural people. We're dreamers. We're worshipers. We're people that are, are, are hungry. We're leaders. We're a people that hold tension really well. If you didn't hear that message from Lauren a couple weeks back, really, really good. And I think Jen revisited it last week of just, we, we hold tension really, really well. We can stand between the promise and the problem and hold that and still pursue the promise and be present. Anyway, you listen to this message, good message. Uh, that we're, we're, we're people of sacrifice. We're people that are genera- generous. We're people of hope. We're, we're people who are, carry servanthood. We hear, run, and obey. We're people of faith where anything is possible. So, so here's just a handful of things that we've been mining up in these last few months. But what I wanna charge us to do is to write them down. Write them down and say them out loud. Now, I taught ministry schools for a long time. And I give my students an assignment to say, you need to write a list. In fact, I would give them like, I'd given them the, uh, a springboard. Like here's a list of declarations, of truths and add to it your own. Writing a list of declarations so that you can put them on your mouth. And, 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 it's, and I said, do it in the mirror. And it's weird, right? It's so awkward. I'm, I'm a believer. Hey, I'm a believer. Right? Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a son. I'm like, I'm a worshiper. And everything in my head is telling me all the ways that I'm not. And the more we can just keep pressing in, but this is who I am. But this is why I'm not. But this is who I am. This is why I'm not, but this is who I am. This is who I am. That's who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. This is who I am. I am a worshiper. I worship. And then the conviction starts coming. You know what conviction is? Faith is the evidence of things unseen and the conviction of things unseen and the hope of things hoped for, substance of things hoped for. I got it. Faith is the conviction of things unseen. Conviction is faith. So now I start owning, I am a person of risk. I, so here's, now, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Not just take it and say, I'm a person of risk, but add to it. Well, how does that look? I take risks when I'm walking the grocery store. I'm looking for the people that need prayer. I'm listening to the father for, to see who he's highlighting when I'm walking down the street. I carry the fire of God and I'm ready to release it whenever I see the window. Like you're, these are all declarations we're saying. Why? Because I'm a person of risk. Find out who we are, find out the voice of the, uh, the heart of heaven and put it on our lips. And so when we're mining this stuff that we're people of risk, we're, we're, we're unpacking what that looks like, that I'm a person of encounter. I encounter his presence every day. 
I look for him to show up in my life. I expect him to show up in my life to encounter me, to confront me, to comfort me, to convict me, to lift me up, to encourage me. Like we just, they, we just start putting declarations around these principles that we are finding are in the foundation of this house. Why? Because we're Bethel Atlanta and we're gonna be building Bethel Atlanta. And if we're doing that, let's not forget what's in the foundation. We need to become what's in the foundation, not just be able to reiterate it. It's, it's more than just, right? Well, you say you believe, well, even the demons believe and tremble. It's not enough just to say the right words. The demons knew who Jesus was. It's important that we become the words. This is the nature of transformation. We become the, the, the truths that God has spoken over us. And so when we say we're family, we say, you know, well, uh, you know, I, I don't really get connected at Bethel Atlanta. I don't, I, I always feel disconnected. I don't feel, change our language. I am so connected. I find family so well at Bethel Atlanta. Why? Because you are the family. You're not looking for it to happen, you become it, right? I, am the, I, I create family at Bethel Atlanta. I am Bethel Atlanta. I carry the, the, the connection that I'm so longing for. I can, the promise and the problem. I carry it and I become the solution for it. I am family. We are family at Bethel Atlanta. We are very connected emotionally. We're very connected in, friend, in friendship and friends. Like I have, I have fathers in my life. I have sons. Well, I don't right now, I know. I have fathers in my life. I have fathers in my life. I have fathers in my Oh, because the more we say it, the more we become it. And what happens is now I start seeing the fathers that are around me. And I find them and I start pulling on them. And next thing you know, a year later, I have fathers in my life. And what did I do? I just set the course of where I'm going to go in my life and lead myself. This is, there's, a, there's a key in what we're given here in a bigger picture. This is what it looks like to reign in life. Because reigning is governing, not just succeeding. R-E-I-G-N is to reign, to oversee, to govern. This is a key in how you reign in life because you're putting the principle of declaration, you're leading, I'm leading my life to look the way I hear the Father say it's supposed to look. Amen? So when we say we're worshipers or we're leaders or we, we sacrifice, uh, we're servants, we hope, uh, when I hear, run, and obey, like when I hear his voice, I respond immediately. Like we're putting that on our lips. When I hear his voice, I respond immediately. Well, yeah, but I don't. I usually question and then re-question and then ask of wisdom and the counsel of many. And, you know, I'm like getting a fleece and this is what I usually do. But, but, but that's okay. This is what you're going to do now because you're going to lead and direct yourself and say, I hear his voice, I run and obey. I'm not saying don't have wisdom in the council of many, I'm, do, hear me. <laughs> but don't use it as an excuse to not act and respond in faith. So we put these truths on our, our, our lips, our declaration sheet with just like, what do I got here? Five, 10, 15 truths. Uh, 15 truths, our declaration sheet could be three pages. It could be five per page of like all the things, if we're, if we're a people of worship, I worship him regardless of the circumstances. I see him as God regardless of what's happening around me. I give myself to him 100% no matter what's happening in my life, no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening on news, no matter what's happening on social media, he is my God. He's the one that I give my whole 100% attention to. When he shows up in the room, nobody else is around. 
Like these are all declarations, like find ways to, 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 to own it personally, put it on your mouth and direct our lives so that we become the things in our foundation at Bethel Atlanta for when we start building, we don't want to forget them. Amen? Why don't you guys stand? Yeah, so Lord, we just thank you. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the charge that you have on us in, our, in this house. I thank you for the charge that you have on us as a family. I thank you for the uh, 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 just speaking wisdom and speaking insight to us on where to be putting our attention even and focusing on, on mining. Lord, I thank you for the family. I thank you for us as a family mining this together. Lord, I just uh, uh, bless everyone in the room, whether you've been here a day or you've been here 15 years, this is your story. The things that we're unpacking and visiting in the foundations of Bethel Atlanta, this is your story. It's not just Steve's story or Lauren's story or Blake's story. It's, 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 it's your story. You have an inheritance. You get to reap the benefits you get to assist in building the move forward. And so, Lord, I just bless everyone in the room. And Lord, I just say, uh, just release a spirit of uh, creativity when it comes to un, uh, uh, creating declarations out of the, heart, the, the words that you are bringing up, yeah, yeah. the things in our foundation, the, the truths that you have for us, Lord, that I just release creativity of, of how I own that and how I you know, turn that into de- declarative sentences And I just release the spirit of courage that we push through the fear of saying something we're not and feeling disintegrous. Yeah. We just release courage that spirit to spirit, we just spiritually lead our soul, our mind, will, and emotions in who it's supposed to be. We just receive uh, all the things you're doing with us, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. We bless, bless, bless. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.